Homestyle Green, episode 119. Green Home Building with Kelly Hart. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast all about inspiring people to make a better place to live. Now, Kelly Hart is someone who's been doing that for quite a while and is very passionate. In fact, he started out by saying he just has a love for the earth, which is a beautiful thing. And he goes on to explain some of his vast experience doing a range of projects in in all types of fields. Before we get into that, just wanted to do a quick thanks to ProClimber who bring this podcast to you every week, nice and free and easy, to iTunes or Stitch Radio or wherever you listen to this show. And if you do listen to the show, if you do like it, I strongly encourage you to subscribe and you can do that either in Stitcher or iTunes or whatever podcast player you use. That way you're sure to get the latest episode whenever it comes out. Now, ProClimber, of course, very good at building wraps, tapes, seals, and also advice. And they will help you achieve an airtight house, whether it's a new build or a renovation. And an airtight house is a good base for an energy-efficient house. So definitely give them a call. You can find them at ProClimber.com and various other links, depending on which country you're listening to this from. Now, I started out by talking, uh, asking Kelly Hart why he does what he does. Well, it's really for my love of the earth and for the the beings that live on it. Uh, You know, I uh, am definitely motivated to to help uh, do whatever I can to to, to keep the environment uh, and the ecology of, of earth uh, viable and uh, hopefully sustainable for many, many uh, eons to come. Is that something that's always been there and, and it's sort of an innate feeling or is it something that developed over time? Did you get inspired by anything in particular sometime in the past? I think, I think it's been there for ever since I can remember. Right. You know, I, I, I've loved nature. I've loved being in nature. I, I've loved uh, building things. My father was a builder and I used to watch him do things and, and mimic him. And, um, I, I, I just love working with my hands and, and, uh, uh manifesting things in, in the real world. And is that working with your hands where the interest in earth building and, and bag homes, uh, came into being? Um, yeah, in a manner of speaking, I would say so. Uh, I, I'm also uh, very motivated to document things and to uh, communicate things. I'm a communicator. Right. Uh, you know, working in, in a variety of media over most of my life. So uh, it's the combination of, of media and trying to uh, get information out to people about ways that they can help uh, make a better future uh, that motivates me. And is that how you'd sum up what it is that you actually do now? Because I don't think you could call yourself a consultant, do you? Well, I, 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 I will consult with people if, um, if I feel like I have something that uh, really would contribute to, to what they're interested in. 
Um, and I do occasionally, but um, I don't do that uh, very often, frankly. But you do provide a, a huge amount of information on your website, and uh, yeah, most most of what I, I I put out there is is really voluntary and and for free. And free, yeah, awesome. <laughs> so, uh, stepping back from where things are at at the moment in terms of building, what mm-hmm. do you think are some of the biggest problems with the way typical houses get built and the the, the typical kind of real estate market at the moment? Well, I think that the the emphasis um, often is is too much on um, the financial gain and uh, without regard to uh, the uh, sustainability uh, of of the, the techniques necessarily. Um, it's it's often the, the easiest or the, the cheapest or um, you know the, the the quick buck is is something that that motivates a, a lot of contractors, and um, so things get built in a shoddy fashion without um, really thinking about how long they're going to last uh, or uh, how they will affect um, the the environment over time. You know, they are often built with very energy-intensive materials and are not built with uh, a mind towards energy conservation. So um, I think that's that's the largest problem. So how do you combat that, or how do we combat that, given that for a lot of people, creating buildings, uh, albeit cheap ones, or buying and selling buildings even, is quite lucrative? Well, um, I think it's a matter of education, um, and I think it's working. I think that more and more people are aware of, of the need for uh, uh, taking care of, of uh, the environment. Um, certainly, uh, people cannot uh, ignore the, the effect of uh, carbon monoxide and, and uh, you know, the, the ch- changing uh, environment in, in the climate uh, changes that are so obvious around the world. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of in your face these days, and, and so yeah. more and more people are, are 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 looking at ways to mitigate that. Yeah. So sustainability in general is very much driven by that sense of doing what's right for the environment for you. It's it's more about looking after the, uh, as you mentioned at the very start, ecology and the natural environment um, rather, Absolutely. Than, rather than creating a like a, a business out of it or jumping on the latest trend or bandwagon. Absolutely. I mean, that has to be the, the ultimate motivator. Uh, and, it, and ultimately it will be because you know, as, as a species, we'll have no other choice. Uh, you know, the, the fossil fuels are, are diminishing all the time, and it, it won't be long before the, the cost of, of uh, producing or mining fossil fuels will, will arrive at the point where it's just simply not economic to continue, and we'll have to develop sustainable ways of, of uh, uh, using the energy that's available. 
given your experience with the houses that you have constructed and all the mm-hmm. all the people that you've spoken with and uh, undoubtedly books that you've read what sort of top were there top three tips that you would give to people for um, either renovating or designing or building their their own home what would you what advice would you give people well I would say uh, first of all um, I would look at the the trade-off between uh, building something new and uh, renovating an existing building yep. uh, to accomplish uh, your your goal. Um, often it's it's considerably more ecological to uh, to renovate a building or to um, you know find a building that that uh, will suit your needs than to start all over again. Um, you know, which is it's a kind of, of recycling mentality. Yeah. Uh, to you know, to, to use what's there first of all, um, and obviously that that doesn't suit every need and every circumstance. So if you are, if you determine that, that building a new building is is the the most appropriate thing for you to do, then look at the the the, the most um, energy efficient design that uh, that is no greater, no larger than you really need for for your lifestyle and for your purposes and um, and then use local materials and and use materials that are are uh, not uh, heavily invested with industrial um, kinds of, of uh, energy and I noticed that you've got a, a link and you make reference to vernacular architecture which is something that we've discussed before on this podcast mm-hmm. uh, which is very much around that it was kind of a new term for me when i first heard it um a few episodes back but it's all about using the materials that are local to where you're building is that correct vernacular architecture is not only local uh but also traditional uh it has to do with the way buildings have been built for a very long time in any given locality and um, you know, if you go back back very far, the only materials that were available were those that that uh, were right around where you were building. So uh, vernacular architecture is is really the combination of the two. So materials and methods, uh, it, right? And methods, and, and, and based on the traditions of, of a particular location. Yeah, I will go back to your first point there about the um, the trade offs between new and existing because that totally makes sense. How does someone figure that out? Like, how do you know whether something's worth recycling or whether it needs a bulldozer? Well, um, if, if you're not um, capable or, or trained to, to be able to evaluate uh, the, the stability of, of a building, you know, in terms of its foundation and the, the walls and the structure itself, then... Uh, it would be a matter of hiring uh, someone who is, you know, a, uh, an, an, a somebody who is capable of analyzing buildings to give you advice about it uh, is, is what you need to do. So that's a good point. So get someone in to look at the actual structure to see is this thing going to stand up, is, are the, the bones good, is the foundation sturdy? 
mm-hmm. and that'll give a, a good indication of, of whether it's worth it or not? Sure. I mean, at a certain point, um, it, it just simply isn't worth investing the amount of energy and, and, uh, and cost of, of renovating building if, if you're going to have to virtually start over with it. Yeah. And your second point, I'm glad you said not just about energy efficiency, but to a point that is no larger than what you need. And my question again is how? How do you know what that is, particularly given in the context where my feeling is that there's a push to people to think that they need more um, from the general market? How do people know... Well, what's your recommendation for size for uh, a general family? Well, my, my recommendation is uh, for people to, um, to to just sit down and, and, and kind of brainstorm at, at the very beginning when, when beginning to, to analyze this, brainstorm all the functions that, um, that they need a, a house to satisfy for them. And, um, and just make a list of, of everything that, that, you know, you need your house to, to, to do for you. And, and then, uh, once you've got that list, you can, uh, look at, uh, at, how, at to what extent any given structure, uh, will take care of those uh, needs. Um, you know, what would need to be done to, to, to bring it up to, to your standard um, and, and to satisfy everything that, that you want that house to do. And um, and then once you have that uh, honed list, you can uh, start uh, evaluating, you know, how much it's going to cost and and how, how, how large of a project that might be uh, to, to renovate any, any particular building. So I like that idea of starting with function and you're basically letting the function create the form. So rather than saying yeah. straight out of the gate, I want a four bedroom house, not talking about the features, but you're talking about what you actually want to get out of that home or what you want it to be able to provide. So you, in, in terms of bedrooms, you want enough space for everyone, for your family, whatever size it is to have some of their own space uh, and be able to sleep sleep comfortably. That's really the function, isn't it? And then from that, you can figure out, well, what does that actually mean in real terms? Absolutely. You know, I mean, you look at all the things. If you have a, if you need a home office, then you need that. If you need space to, to get up and dance, then make sure you've got that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of things uh, that, that people uh, want their house to, to do for them. Um, and, you know, you can make it happen. Do you have a favorite type of building? Because you've had experience in um, a few different building methods. Well, I uh, I have a particular uh, fondness for earth bag building, um, partly because I, I did build a, a house from, from the ground up, my own design with earth bags uh, about 16 years ago I finished it and um, found it an extremely satisfying and um, ecological approach to building. And um, 
So I, I'm, I'm just finishing a, a book that's exclusively about earthbag building right now. Um, and one of the things that, that, that I'd like to mention that's very topical right now regarding earthbag building is that um, uh, most of, of, of your listeners probably are aware of the, the massive uh, destruction that happened in Nepal in, yeah. in the, the recent earthquakes there. You know, whole regions have, have completely been demolished, uh, and, it, and it's really sad. But uh, it, it so happens that in Nepal, over the last uh, couple of decades, there have been quite a few earthbag buildings, mostly schools or orphanages, that various uh, organizations, mostly NGO organizations, have have built with earthbags. Um, and uh, interestingly and, and very satisfyingly, virtually every earthbag building that we know about in Nepal survived those earthquakes. Mm. And some of them were in, in, in areas where virtually all other buildings um, collapsed. Yeah. So there's, there's something inherently um, strong about basic earth, earth bag building. And I, I think it has to do with its ability to flex in uh, an earthquake situation um, so that uh, it, can, it can, you know, shake and move a little bit without collapsing. Uh, you know, with earth bags, you've got the, the polypropylene bags that are generally filled with uh, just uh, the soil. Uh, you know, usually a, a soil that has at least a, a small percentage of clay in it. Uh, and, and it's dampened and then tamped so that uh, it, it will eventually harden into, into rather solid blocks. But between each course of these bags... Uh, are, are strands of barbed wire that, that circle around the wall. So the, the whole thing gets integrated into a, uh, a kind of matrix or fabric, uh, with, with the, the, the woven, uh, the bags and the, the barbed wire and then the, uh, uh, netting or, or mesh that's used, uh, on both sides for the plaster and then, uh, Often you, you'll, you'll put uh, steel rods or rebar uh, driven down in through the bags in critical locations. And then at the very top, you'll, you'll make a bond beam, uh, a reinforced uh, concrete with reinforced steel bond beam that's integrated with the wall. So the whole thing gets uh, completely, you know, rather rigidified, uh, but still has that that inherent give to it and um, the combination of those things um, can can obviously create a, a building that has uh, tremendous uh, endurance yeah and I, I put some links up to there has actually been a, a local news story of a New Zealand firm that's been helping um, build in Nepal using earthbag I'm, I'm tempted yeah, to say it's, technology it's, because it, it it's an old technique, but this is not a, a an old looking building. It's quite a modern looking building, but using earth bags and 
Yeah, I, I think I'm aware of that. Is is that a, an Auckland company called uh, Court Construction? Um, yeah, that that is one. Yeah, they have a a link there. I'll put a link up to Court Construction. Um, that and then may be the one that's a group, group called First Steps. Uh, yes, yeah, First Steps. Uh, Himalaya. Yeah, yeah. That, that money, uh, and they're they're in New Zealand as yeah, well. Yeah, out of Nelson. So I I'll put some links up to in, that. They're in Nelson. That's right, and it's it's funny that this comes up because I was I was just talking recently a, a previous episode which at right now isn't up but by the time this comes out it might have been published with uh, Jay uh, Sable from One Community uh, One Community Global dot org and he has done loads of research and looking at how do we help people create homes and and housing around the world and basically. The answer that he came up with was earthbound construction as being one of the most viable to help the the largest number of people for a whole bunch of reasons, um, not least of which is that resilience. True enough. I mean, the, the resilience is, is is huge, particularly in in a, a place that's vulnerable to the seismic activity. Uh, but also, it happens to be uh, a technology that. Uh, that is easy to learn. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it, it's not rocket science. Uh, much of the labor uh, to, to create an earthbag building is unskilled labor. You can learn, you know, what needs to be done in, in, in a very short time. And, um, and it can be done very inexpensively. Yeah. Um, and also can be done in, in, in practically wilderness situations. You know, a lot of these, these areas in Nepal, there's no roads to them. You have to yeah. hike in, and, yeah. and 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 you can you can put a bunch of earth bags in a in a backpack and, and some barbed wire on, on a mule or something, and and you can get it up there and you can build something with it. Yeah, yeah. And this is coming back to that vernacular architecture as well, because it definitely lends itself to that building philosophy. Um. Yes. Does that type of construction and earth building in general, does that have a, a place in Western modern living? Absolutely. Uh, you know, there's, there's no reason not. Uh, I mean, you always have to bear in mind the, the, the thermal qualities and the climate wherever you build something, yep. um, you know, how comfortable it's going to be. Uh, and earthen buildings with thick walls, uh, do well in certain kinds of climates. Um, and, and in some other climates, you need to have some, some degree of insulation, uh, to, to make it comfortable. And you can do that in a variety of ways. Yeah. Uh, you know, with earth bags actually have the interesting capability of, of, uh, of being uh, either insulating or uh, uh, thermal mass. Uh, the, for instance, the house that, that I built in at 8,000 feet in, in the mountains of Colorado with earth bags, um, I didn't fill the, the bags with earth. I filled the bags with scoria, which is a lightweight uh, volcanic stone uh, that was crushed and, and mined locally. And um, so this... Uh, natural material when put in a bag and, and you, you know you, you form the walls 
um, is actually quite a, a good insulating uh, wall system. It's 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 comparable to uh, to a straw bale wall. Now, I'm going to have to start wrapping up um, pretty soon, Kelly. But um, you, as well as having a bunch of earth building resources on your website, you've got a huge array of topics that are covered by a huge array of people you've, you've gone out and uh, have you interviewed people or you've, you've um, sought out experts in various different fields. How have you gone about collating all that information? Well, it's been over time that I've, I've accumulated uh, a, a group of, of experts in various fields who are willing to answer the occasional email uh, and, and, and then send it back to me and, and on to the, uh, the person who's asked the question, um, you know, and it's rotated. Uh, I'm, I'm always uh, looking for, for a new person in, in one field or another, uh, but it's, it's taken over time. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really happy with, I mean, some of the, the experts uh, in some of these fields have, have been with the site since its inception. It's, yeah. It, you know, and it's remarkable. It is. I mean, you, you've got everything there. Just reading through the list, you've obviously got your earth bag and rammed earth, but you've got um, uh, environment, general, sustainable architecture, renewable energy, water conservation. I mean, if anyone needs any information, background about any of those topics, it's a great resource. You've also got a um, a bit of a, a book list. Have you got a have you got a favourite book? Oh no! <laughs> I had a feeling you. I had a feeling you might find it hard because you've you've got some really good uh, a good collection there. Uh, there's, I mean, there's there there is a, a good book that that um, is is a general book about natural building that it just came out with a second edition uh, that, that I helped write one or two articles in. Nice. Uh, it's called. The Art of Natural Building, uh, it's published by New Society, and, and it, I, I would give it a good plug. Um, one of the things I like about your list of books, and I'll put a, a link to that for sure, is how up to date it is. I mean, there's some, um, I mean, there's some some ones that date uh, back, um, which are still very relevant today. But there are some really good books coming out um, now. Um, 2014, 2015, that are very modern, very contemporary, and put a really uh, different spin on on the whole green building and, and sustainable building uh, realm. Really, so it's it's good to have that range there. Yeah, I try to keep it as update up to date as I can, and, and I have it arranged actually uh, chronologically, so you can tell you know what the most recent books are. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Hey, um, how can people get in touch with you, Kelly, or find out um, where, where's the best place to go? Uh, I would say go to my, my primary website is greenhomebuilding.com. Which is a great domain. Um, and, um, and I have a contact uh, uh, form. People can contact me directly, or, uh, and, and they can uh, you know, ask any of the experts questions through that contact form. Uh, go to ask ask the experts, and and uh, you know you'll get a question to me, and I'll forward it on to the expert, and and eventually, hopefully, you'll you'll get an answer. And you've also got a links through to you've got a, a few other websites, including one describing your solar car. 
Yes, there, there's there's a website, sunbee.com, S-U-N-B-E-E.com, that uh, describes and has other links to uh, a solar vehicle that I built once. Which uh, I, I, I'm guessing is people have to go and check it out. It's probably oh yeah. not <laughs> not. I would I would guess that people have not seen a a uh, solar vehicle quite like it. No, it's unique. <laughs> uh, then uh, another major website is DreamGreenHomes.com, which is devoted to house plans, uh, ecological house plans. And I have a few of mine up there, but mostly their plans uh, by other designers and architects. So there's, there's a nice collection of plans there, stock plans that people can order online. And then my, my, my third main website is, uh, is the earthbagbuilding.com, which, um, you know, specifically about earthbag building. Yeah. And then I share, a, I share a blog, which is, is really a very up-to-date topical blog. Uh, with, with a, a very good friend, Dr. Owen Geiger, who, who lives in Thailand. Um, and, and the, and that is, is, uh, natural, uh, building blog. Right. Dot com. Natural building blog. I just want to, um, emphasize that dreamgreenhomes.com because that is a fantastic resource because I, um, being able to browse through different styles and you've got it ordered by styles, materials, functions. And then mm-hmm. for people, I mean, they're very reasonable prices, even if people are just wanting to, to somewhere to start, you know, cause getting just starting with a blank sheet of paper could be pretty daunting, but that's a, a fantastic resource to have some um, plans there that people can go and have a look at and see what's possible and what's been done. So that's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I agree. I, it's one of the reasons I put it up there is, is that people get a lot of ideas just browsing through the plans. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Hey, well, thank you very much, Kelly, for your time and also for all the great stuff that you're doing online. You, Like you said, you've got a lot of information there that's that you've made free, which is extremely valuable, and I hope people can make uh, make the most of it. I hope so too, and I've enjoyed talking to you, Matthew. Well, me too. Thanks very much, Kelly. Kelly Hart there of greenhomebuilding.com, finishing up that interview. I will put all those links in the show notes, which you can find at homestylegreen.com forward slash 119 for episode 119. Uh, those include earthbagbuilding.com, uh, dreamgreenhomes.com, which is that site that you can find all of the plans for green homes just to have a look at. Um, he's got heartworks.com. Um, of course, his own greenhomebuilding.com is a great site for loads of resources and including that great list of books that uh, Kelly has reviewed. Now, don't be put off by uh, some, of the, some of the websites may not be the most modern and slick-looking websites, but it's it's the content, and he's got great writing and great links, great resources, all freely available there. So check them out. Also, don't forget to check out ProClimber, and if you do head over to speak to Thomas and the team, let them know that you heard about them through this podcast. And tune in again next week. We've got some great interviews lined up.
Until then, thanks very much for tuning in. This is Homestyle Green. I'm the host of the show, Matthew Cutler-Welsh. Now go make a better place to live.